0: Good morning and happy Wednesday to you. It's February 8th and we are together here at 7 a.m. on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And you know, I really thought, I really thought, based on earlier this morning, my voice would be fully back with you today, and of course, right as we start the show, it's horse. But you know what? Who doesn't love horses in the morning? Oh, wait, wrong kind of horse. Let's begin our morning with the morning offering in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I can tell you this. I know nothing about the State of the Union. I didn't watch it last night, but I do know this. The state of my voice is coming back, and uh, it's good to be feeling a little bit better. Allergies have flared up, and it's uh, reminding me that spring is right around the corner. It's a great reminder. I love spring. I don't love this reminder of spring, but I love spring, so we'll take it here this morning. On the show today, we're going to continue. We're getting closer to wrapping up our conversations with Steve Wood on youth and worldview. And today we're going to be talking about truth. What is truth? Well, that's uh, later on in the show. For our radio listeners, we're going to take another look at... um, What do we have here? We have another look at the Mass for you this morning, diving deep into the creed. I believe is something we say each and every time... We profess the creed, but what do we mean, and why do we say that, and what's going on there? Father Kirby will instruct us in these matters. Plus, we've got some great music for you this morning. We've got the Daily Dose of Encouragement, the Weather, the Saint of the Day, and uh, and plenty more. So let's go now to Mike Roberts for that weather and that Saint of
1: the Day. Today is the feast day of St. Jerome and Mealy Honey. Born in Venice in 1486, his father died when he was still a teenager and Jerome left to join the army. This was during a period of war in Italy. And Jerome was given charge of a group of soldiers who were ordered to guard a fortress known as Castle Nuovo. They were overrun, however, and Jerome was captured and placed in the castle's dungeon. Up to this point, Jerome had not been especially close to God, but out of desperation, he turned to prayer and especially sought the intercession of the Blessed Mother. Miraculously, he escaped and immediately made a pilgrimage to the shrine of Our Lady of Treviso, where he left the chains that had bound him as an offering. He then returned to Venice, where he taught his nephews while devoting all his spare time in preparation for the priesthood. Not long after he was ordained, plague attacked Northern Italy, and at his own expense, Jerome cared for the poor, sick, and dying. It was during this time he developed a strong desire to help orphaned and abandoned children. In addition to a hospital and shelter for women trying to escape prostitution, Jerome founded three orphanages. Then in 1532, and with the help of Alessandro Basuzio, and Augustino Bariso, both priests. He founded the Clerks Regular of Somasa, dedicated to helping care for orphans and teaching children. He died on this day in 1537 from a disease he contracted while caring for the sick. Saint Jerome Emiliani, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We have been talking about youth and worldview and how to form our worldview. And in light of what we just heard about the creed, you know, it's important that we keep this conversation going. So we're going to jump back into this conversation we've been having with Steve Wood over the past few weeks. We're happy to be continuing our conversation with Steve Wood that we've been enjoying over uh, several shows now about our worldview and how to convey the Catholic worldview. That is, how to put on the correct lenses with our glasses as we look at the world. And today we're going to go to one of those questions that Pontius Pilate asks in The Passion of Our Lord right there in the Gospels. What is truth? And then you know, once we get into that question of what truth is, and by the way, there is only one truth. Uh, there, there is objective truth. It's not your truth and my truth. Um, we, we can then start to answer the next question: How do we know right from wrong? Now, Steve, I have to tell you how many times I've been out there in the world, and I feel like I'm in that scene from The Big Lebowski where uh, he's the dude says, "Well, yeah, that's just like your opinion, man." As if my Catholicism and my my way of looking at the world as just one path among many equals, Uh, but really we know, as our Lord says, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't say, I am a way, a truth, and a life. He's very specific in what he says there. So how do we begin to answer this question, uh, what is truth?
2: Um, Taking a clue, so to speak, from Psalm 19, one of my favorite psalms, It begins by talking about natural revelation. It says, the heavens are telling the glory of God. In other words, they're speaking to us. The firmament proclaims his handiwork day-to-day for speech. And one of the things that I think for parents of young children particularly is get them outside and go to some beautiful places to not just you know, amusement parks, and that's fun and everything, but, but to get out in God's creation, um, I have a, a statistic here that in just six years between 1997 and 2003, there was a 50% decline in the time children ages 9 to 12 spent outdoors. 50%. And, of course, what's happening is screen time versus looking at what God made. So, natural revelation, and then, obviously, Scripture. And scriptures aren't, you know, just for our evangelical friends. I mean, it was thanks to the Catholic Church, the evangelicals have the Scriptures. The Scriptures are truth, and the declarations of truth. And my urging would be to say a simple prayer before you turn to the Scriptures, asking for God's enlightenment as you read them. Uh, it says in the Catechism, Section 108, that the Scriptures are not to remain a dead letter. You must, through the Holy Spirit, have your Christ uh, opening our minds to understand that. Just a simple prayer, whatever word you want to use, that's fine. But to use those Scriptures to come to know God in a personal way, and we're Christians, really have a leg up on your 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 friend there, oh no, that's just your opinion is that truth, and this is really important from a Christian perspective, is a person. When Pontius Pilate said what's truth, the person of truth who's the way, the truth, and the life, was standing right in front of him. And he couldn't see it. That's why you want to pray and humbly ask for God's power and Pope Benedict at the 26th World Youth Day in Madrid said that the uh, Christian faith is not only believing certain things are true, in other words, kind of an intellectual uh, acknowledgement, but above all, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's why, uh, particularly turning to the Scriptures with prayer, with the desire to know God better, is an excellent way to come to know not only about truth, but to know the truth, the way, the truth, and the life.
0: All right, Steve, we're going to take a break here, but when we come back, we will continue this conversation on truth. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned.
3: Act of faith. Oh my God, I firmly believe that thou art one God and three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that thy divine Son became man and died for our sins, and that he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches, because thou hast revealed them, who canst neither deceive nor be deceived. Amen.
0: If you're just joining us, we are continuing a conversation we recently had with Steve Wood about truth. And let's dive right back in. We know that our Lord is the truth, and uh, some things are explicitly spelled out for us. We have the Ten Commandments, and if that's even too much for us, he makes it pretty simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. But when we get into trying to answer, uh, well, is this loving my neighbor? You know, especially with some of the questions that are posed to us in in this year, 2023, uh, you know, we're, we're often accused of being intolerant and unloving as we try to do right, but uh, where it's not explicitly spelled out for us, Steve, how do we know right from wrong?
2: Well, this is probably of the questions we've addressed so far. I mean, this is is so critical, because you can put a Christian young person through a chastity program or lecture or catechesis and whatnot But if they don't have a sense of absolute right and wrong, whatever they hear is going to be adapted uh, to a cultural setting or a personal setting or such. Um, This is from the book Generation Next, that they found that Christian youth who lack moral absolutes, and a moral absolute is simply that something is right or wrong in all situations for all people, at all times. Okay? Doesn't change. But a Christian youth who lacks moral absolutes are four times more likely to approve of premarital intercourse as a moral choice. And Barna followed up, and it was a shocking discovery for him, that a youth's view of sexual morality are more influenced by their view of truth whether or not they claim to be a practicing Christian. In other words, uh, is there absolute truth? This is the mountain that's facing us right now. The Knights of Columbus did a wonderful study of Catholic millennial, and they found out that 82% of Catholic millennials, that's 18- to 29-year-olds, agreed with a statement that morals are relative and there's no definite right or wrong for everybody. You can't teach morality or the truth about Christianity until this one gets nailed down. And what's even more shocking, the American millennial, 64% agreed with the statement, morals are relative. There's no definite right and wrong. And yet 82% of Catholic millennials went the wrong direction. They're worse off than the general public and this is exceedingly serious, and there's not going to be a turnaround until we can get that across. And basically, everybody becomes their own God, everybody determines their own right and wrong, then you have moral chaos. And so, you know, you have to teach your, your children, and actually adults in today's world, it's not up to you. It's not your opinion and not your thoughts. It's God's prerogative to determine right from wrong, not ours. In fact, this goes right back to the Garden of Eden. You know, uh, your eyes will be opened. You'll know good and evil. Well, in a sense, they did, but they basically asserted themselves, Adam and Eve, into God's role. And so, really, what we want to do is hammer away that morals are not relative. They're not determined by our situation. We need in a regular way to keep ourselves anchored to absolute truth rather than hearing all the voices uh, around us. Thomas Lewis has a remarkable brief book called The Abolition of Man, and basically he shows that it's a near-apocalyptic crisis when you lose moral absolutes. And we have lost it with Catholic millennials. Wow, We have lost it. And, you know, Lewis wasn't given to excess of uh, expressions and stuff, but he basically says, once you adopt the moral confusion and denial of moral absolutes, we are in danger of losing our humanity, not just our morals, but our humanity. And you want a world in chaos, you just lose those moral absolutes, so um, like a A priest was giving a homily, or a deacon was, or giving a class, or just talking to your own children. You didn't need to sit down and give them a three-hour lecture on moral absolutes, but just saying, like, Hey, you know, he gave me too much change. It's always wrong to steal. I'm going to give it back. That's a lesson in moral absolutes that will last a lifetime and begin to turn something like this around.
0: Well, I love the idea, Steve, that you've brought to us of understanding the why behind all of this, because I remember at one point my father taught me, you use a wrench to loosen a bolt. You don't use pliers. Now, will the pliers work? Yeah, at first, but you'll end up stripping the head of the bolt, and soon the bolt will be useless. You won't be able to get it out anymore. It won't be able to function. And in our moral lives, it's kind of the same thing. Well, why, why do we have to follow these rules? Well, it's not because we're downers and we say, oh, we just don't want you to have any fun. It's because we are made for a purpose, as we've talked about. And if we misuse ourselves and the gifts God has given us to live our life, going back to that question, why am I here? Well, we're going to become even more broken than we are. And thank goodness we have a God who said, they need a savior. And they're not the Savior. I'm the Savior. I'm God. And that the second person of the Holy Trinity became incarnate to be that bridge between our broken humanity and the life that God intends for us in the new heaven and the new earth. So what a great conversation this has been, and I look forward to the next time we're able to get together, Steve.
2: Thank you, Adam. It's been a joy to be with you and your listeners.
0: Prayer in a Time of Waiting
1: All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver
0: us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Quick catequiz question for us today. We said earlier that Pontius Pilate said, What is truth? In which gospel passion narrative will you find that verse? What is truth? Where Pontius Pilate asks that of our Lord. The answer is in John's gospel in the Passion according to St. John, chapter 18, verse 38. What is truth? Let's get you one more check of the weather and then the daily dose of encouragement.
3: Prayer for vocations. God, our Father, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth, we beg you to send laborers into your harvest and grant them grace to speak your word with all boldness so that your word may spread and be glorified and all nations may know you, the only God and him whom you have sent. Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of the Americas, and Mary, Mother of the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, pray for us.
0: When we think of Matthew chapter 5, we often think of the Beatitudes, but this week, Patty has been bringing to our attention so many other great things in this chapter of Matthew's gospel, and Patty, I cannot wait to hear what our daily dose of encouragement has in store today.
4: Well, Monday we talked about being salt of the earth and light of the world. Yesterday we talked about reconciling with your brother if you have something against someone and maybe be the first person to take that step towards reconciliation. Today I'm going to talk about Matthew 5, verses 29 and 30, and this one's a tough one. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It's better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. Of course, our Lord is not being literal here, but the modern version of that might look like this. If you are looking at internet pornography, get rid of your computer. If you spend too much time on Facebook, get rid of Facebook. If gluttony is a problem, don't buy sweets. If you struggle with vanity, Stop getting your manicure or your pedicure. If you're spending money, if that's a problem for you, stop going into the stores or shopping online. If you are living in sin, move out. You might need to break up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. If you're contracepting, throw it out. Ask yourself, what needs to be uprooted in my life? ask god for the grace to have the courage to do the hard thing of getting rid of whatever it is that's causing us to sin
0: i absolutely love it and it's a lesson i've learned the hard way but i am so grateful i've learned it in my past and patty i want to thank you for sharing it with all of us today We are wrapping up our show this morning, and already it's 7:54. This new music we've got—it's got me wanting some gumbo today. That's all right; it's a good time of year as we get closer to Ash Wednesday. We're celebrating Mardi Gras, which has its roots in our Catholic faith. No, not the uh, just the the revelry and the incessant partying until we look like fools, but really, you know, it, it's tied to Epiphany and a celebration that goes until. The season of Lent. And so it's good to have these Catholic celebrations in our own distinctly Catholic ways. So you know what? There's nothing wrong with having a little bit of gumbo or if you prefer jambalaya, have some jambalaya. I like a good sausage gumbo myself, especially on a cold day. It's, it warms the bones. It's it's just the way to go. As we do get ready for Lent, though, the reminder for us is start getting ready now. You know, I, I am not the kind of person, I've said this before, that if if I want to give something up, and I say, all right, Ash Wednesday, I'm quitting. Cold turkey, it's not going to go well. But if I start giving it up now, if, if I use now as the training wheels period to say, all right, I need to practice because I might have some issues with this. If I start weaning myself off of it, it will be a lot better for me. So take advantage of this time while well, we've got it. We only have about 10, 20 days left, not even. Um, let's see, it's it's 14 days left. We have 14 days until the start of Lent. So use this Time wisely. Friday's coming up in just two short days, and it's a day that we abstain from meat. Why not make it a day of fasting? Fasting's not going to hurt. In fact, fasting coupled with prayer is going to do a lot of good. We don't have to wait for Lent to do fasting. We can do fasting today. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us, St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Time is running out to register for Catholic Men for Christ in St. Louis, and I am really looking forward to being with you men that day, so check it out. And ladies, don't forget Catholic Women for Christ coming up in march as well for more information on both of those just go to archstl.org in the meantime i'm adam Wright. you've been listening to roadmap to heaven here on covenant network we'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m until then as the blessed mother wants us to do every day pray your rosary today